Hello, and welcome to the KE Report. I'm your host, Shad Markwitz, and I'm speaking today with Kim Bergen, Vice President of Capital Markets for Sandstorm Gold, traded on the TSX under the ticker SSL and on the NYSE under the ticker SAND. And Kim, it's great having you on the show to get an update on Sandstorm Gold. Really, this is an introduction to the KE Report audience on Sandstorm Gold. As one of the big royalty companies in the space, we've referenced the company a lot over the years. We've had analysts on that talked about it. I personally, as an investor in the company, have mentioned it. We've had people chart Sandstorm Gold, but let's hear it right from the company. Give us the value proposition for Sandstorm Gold within the royalty sector when there are a lot of companies competing for attention. What makes Sandstorm Gold different in the royalty space? Hi, Shad. Thanks for having me on. It's great to get in front of your audience, especially since they're familiar with us. Uh, So Sandstorm, as you mentioned, is a streaming and royalty company. Uh, We sit in the mid-tier space. So when you're looking at uh, royalty companies, kind of the top six companies, you have Franco Nevada, Wheat and Precious Metals, and Royal Gold are the majors. And in the mid-tier space, you have Sandstorm Gold, Triple Flag, and Osisco Gold Royalties. And so, you know, Sandstorm sits in that mid-tier space. Uh, We've been around for over 10, almost 15 years and, you know, I think what's interesting about Sandstorm is, you know, we started as a junior with no no streams or royalties and our two co-founders started the company, zero royalties, and we've built that up to almost 250 streams and royalties today. And so, you know, with those streams and royalties, 40 of those are in production and cash flowing. And so in 2024, we're expecting to have anywhere between 75 to 90,000 gold equivalent ounces with quite a lot of growth in reaching 125,000 ounces within the next five years. And so with Sandstorm, you're getting growth at a very good value as we're trading at a discount to our peers right now. Well, let's talk a little bit more, Kim, about the growth, because there's a nice slide on your corporate slide deck that talks about our future is under construction, meaning, of course, there's a lot of development stage companies in your pipeline of projects with royalties or streams that are getting closer to going into production. What does that look like over the next year or two? Yeah, so there's, you know, we have two new assets that are coming into production in 2024. Uh, The first one being Greenstone, and this is operated by Equinox Gold. So we have a gold stream on that. They're expecting to pour gold in the first half of 2024. Uh, So Sandstorm will will start receiving ounces anytime very soon. Uh, And then the second one is the Platte Reef Mine um, owned by and operated by Ivanhoe Mines in South Africa. And that one's expected to be in production by the second half of 2024. So two large assets that we actually had acquired um, back in 2022, we did about a billion dollars worth of acquisitions. We bought Nomad Royalties, which I know you've spoken to before, so your audience is familiar. So Sandstorm acquired Nomad in 2022. And then we also acquired a package of royalties from Basecore, which was a joint venture between Glencore and Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. So we bought a lot of growth in 2022, and we're starting to see these assets come online and build into the production that we, you know, we have a solid base of production with a few new assets coming online in the next few years that help grow to that 125. I'm glad you brought up that acquisition because we followed that pretty closely, having had Nomad on the show a lot. And then obviously everybody knows Glencore. I don't think many people realize that they had the base core package of royalties. Do you think that the market fully appreciated how substantial that overall package of royalties was for the company's future? You know, I think it's hard 
you know, I think if you look back at the portfolio pre-2022 and acquisitions, it had a much different composition than we look at it now. And so those acquisitions provided some immediate cash flow, but a lot of it was growth coming in over the next few years with Greenstone and Platte Reef, you know, Robertson and another, you know, another handful of assets coming online. And so if you look at the portfolio composition prior to the acquisitions, it, you know, we had an average, you know, mine life that was lower than it is. Now we're looking at, you know, close to 25 years kind of for our top assets for the average mine life. And so it strengthened the mine life. It brought in larger, stronger counterparties. It really helped diversify our portfolio. So now no asset is greater than 12% of our NAV and no country exposure is greater than 14% of our NAV. And so, you know, the diversification and strengthening of cash flows is been a real game changer for the portfolio, you know, but I don't think the market has fully recognized that. And, you know, you layer on top of that increased interest rates and, you know, a kind of lack of interest in new money coming into the, the mining industry. It's been kind of a tough performance since, even though our portfolio is the strongest it's ever been in, in the life of, of Sandstorm. Well, in addition to the financial diversification, you make a point, and I think it's a point worth highlighting, that you also have diversification as far as jurisdictions, but also as far as the cost quartile of the producers within your operating partners on these royalties. So where they're operating, their their costs are industry leading. And sometimes that's important because everybody thinks royalty companies have no risk, but there is still the risk of a producer having such high costs that they can't keep going or they can't expand. So maybe speak to the advantage of having such low cost producers that you've partnered with. Yeah. So when we look to make new acquisitions, you know, we look for projects that have strong counterparties, exploration upside. So, you know, expectation that the mine life will expand, low cost mines. And so with that, with low cost mines, you know, it's helpful because they have greater margins. So if the gold price were to drop or prices to increase, they have more wiggle room, uh, more margin there. But they also then have more ability to reinvest in the mine. So with greater profitability, they have more cash flow to reinvest. And you know, and we've seen that with you know a lot of our partners is that they continue to extend the mine life, replace reserves and resources, and you know find new deposits that are on our stream ground. And so, you know, when you look at our portfolio, if you look at our top 10 assets in value, you know, about 50% of those are in the first quartile. So the kind of lowest cost mines. And when you compare that to our peers, the kind of next closest is Wheaton with at about 36%, you know, triple flag 22, Franco Nevada, 17%, Royal Gold, 10%, and Osisco 5%. So our top assets are much lower, um, lower cost profile. And if you look at our diversification, you know, our, our top assets account, our top five assets account for just over 40% of the total portfolio, where if you look at our peers, a lot of them are above 60%. And so when one thing happens to one of those assets, you're going to see a greater impact because it's a greater part of the overall value. So that's a lot of the things we've, we've worked on and those acquisitions helped improve the quality of the portfolio. All right. I appreciate you breaking that down because I do think that's a distinguishing factor for Sandstorm Gold. Another question I get a lot, Kim, when we talk about Sandstorm is Hod Madden, how that plays into the future of the cash flows and revenues for the company. It is a key asset for Sandstorm Gold. Could you break down for us what you expect over the next few years from Hod Madden? 
Yeah, no, great question. So Hodmodin is one of our larger assets. It's a fully permitted project in in northeastern Turkey. Uh, it's an underground mine. It has, you know, it's already been fully permitted. Kind of some early works have started. And so that project is a, it's a really high grade gold copper mine. And so on its own, it could be a gold project. On its own, it could be a copper project. So it's not very often you see projects that have both high grade. And so it's a very profitable and expected to be low cost mine just based on the feasibility study. Right now, we're expecting commercial production, you know, last has been estimated by the operator sometime in 2027. So, you know, I think in the next few years, we're going to start seeing that get closer and closer, closer to production, you know, get financing and in, in construction. And so, you know, for us, that is a part of our growth. And right now it's kind of expected in 2027 or 2028. And is a project that our team really likes, and I think is, is very high quality. And you know, originally, we actually had acquired a 30% interest in that project, because we wanted to get exposure to it, we acquired it through another uh, company called Mariana Resources. And, you know, the market really wanted us to have that in a more stream structure, they didn't like the 30% interest, even though it was kind of a passive ownership. And so in 2022, we actually announced the spin out of that into a new kind of strategic partner for Sandstorm called Horizon Copper. And so we spun out the 30% interest in Hodmodin and a few other assets and then retained a gold stream. So now Sandstorm holds a 20% gold stream on the project, as well as a 2% NSR we had acquired through another package. And then Horizon Copper is the um, 30% owner of that project. Okay. I appreciate you breaking that down because there's probably some people that remember the situation before that and after that and maybe haven't finally understood it. So thanks for mapping that out for us. And then, so that's some blue sky upside that the company's looking at. One more area of blue sky upside that I think is worth highlighting is that out of those 250 royalties, you say 40 are producing. Well, that means that 210 are not yet, but there's all this exploration work going on. And we always talk about the discovery optionality that we see with royalty companies because there's all these meters that can be drilled by other companies. Mm -hmm. And it's not Sandstorm doing the drilling. You're not doing the work these other partners are. So maybe talk about the exploration upside across all these portfolio projects. Yeah, great question. And, you know, I, I did mention earlier, when we look for new projects, we look for ones that have exploration upside. So things that aren't fully drilled out, you know, and we look for things that we see mine life extension and the stream of royalty covers kind of a greater land package than just kind of the current deposit. And so we started doing an analysis on, you know, how much drilling is being completed on the properties after we've invested in them. And so this drilling is being done by the operator at no cost to Sandstorm. And so we've kind of gone back and done the, the drilling since 2013. And we've seen kind of year over year, most year over year growth. And in 2022, it was over 650,000 meters being drilled. And about 340,000 of those meters were on producing properties. And so to then see, well, how does that drilling actually translate to actual potential production or, or ounces? We then look at uh, discovered ounces. And so these are ounces that have been added to reserves or resources, you know, and accounting for how much was produced. And, you know, what we've seen since when we started this in 2018 is from 2018 to 2022, more ounces were discovered on our ground than were produced. And so, you know, that shows that the reserves and resources are being replenished at a faster rate than they're being mined. 
which then, you know, you can kind of imply that extends the mind life after we've already invested in it. And, you know, I think shows the kind of benefit also to a royalty company is we didn't have to pay for any of those ounces to be found. We just invested in the properties that we saw the upside and the counterparties that are strong enough to be able to invest in the projects and, and extend the mine life. So, you know, we're still working on the analysis for 2023 and still waiting for some reserves and resource updates. But, you know, something that we're actually finding interesting is with the drilling, a lot of the projects we've invested in, you know, when we invested, they might have been a junior or a mid-tier royalty company or mid-tier operator, and they've been taken over by majors. And, you know, for majors, they have so many projects that they don't actually disclose all of the drilling being completed. And so, you know, I think more drilling is being done than we're actually being able to find just because these operators have so many projects that they don't actually disclose all of the drilling, which is which is interesting. That's an interesting point, Kim, because when you have a more senior producer take over a company, it's a good thing because you have bigger budgets, more experience, more ability to really grow the deposit. But sometimes they aren't as forthcoming with all the drilling they're actually mm-hmm. doing, especially if the drilling isn't counted as if it's for the mining operation, maybe and not released to the market as, as a news update. Mm-hmm. So there may be more drilling than, than you even can track, but it's, it sounds <laughs> exactly. like there's a lot of growth on tap. Let's yes. now get into the team behind Sandstorm, behind every company. People want to know who is the team behind it. Any key people you want to break down on the management team or board of directors? Definitely. I would say for management team, you know, our two co-founders, Nolan Watson and David Orham, were actually, you know, worked at Silver Wheaton back when it was called Silver Wheaton, so Wheaton Precious Metals. Nolan was the CFO of, of Wheaton, and he was, you know, at age 26, the youngest CFO of a New York stock listed company or billion dollar company. And so the experience that Nolan and Dave bring is not just from Sandstorm, but also from Wheaton. So, you know, if you look at experience and kind of years in, in leadership, you know, Nolan and Dave are, you know, really up there for having that and, and seeing the different kind of streams and royalties and agreements and due diligence. And, you know, I think all that expertise has um, has evolved and shaped Sandstorm. Nolan's background is accounting and then David's background is geology. So they really bring, um, you know, complement each other in their skills and have worked really hard to, to grow Sandstorm and, and grow the portfolio. Orfan Kazemi is our CFO and he's been with the company for over 10 years now you know, has a great, great background and, um, you know, has also been recognized as, you know, top 40 under 40 and business in Vancouver CFO of the year. And so, you know, we have a really great team that helps with the company and the, and the culture there. And we've have a lot of kind of longevity with management, not having a, a lot of changes over the years. And so, you know, for us, I think our board of directors is really strong. They have experience from legal experience, accounting, finance, geology, engineering. We also, for those familiar with Nomad, we had Elif has joined our board. She recently joined in 2023, and she was one of the founders and CFOs of Nomad. You know, so for us, having her experience and, and being have worked for a royalty company before has been great as well. Yeah, it's a solid management team. And nice to also note some younger people in the mining industry that are succeeding. So nice to see mm-hmm. some diversification on the mining board level and on the management level. Let's also talk about any key stakeholders in Sandstorm Gold and just the financial, the the share structure. Give us a quick snapshot of that side of the business. Yeah, so our largest shareholder is Orion, and they own about 16% of us. So they were Nomad's largest shareholder. And so 
when we acquired Nomad, they they stayed on and they, they've been great and, you know, really had a lot to do with Nomad, you know, all of the great acquisitions that they had with Platte Reef and, and Greenstone and whatnot. Our second largest shareholder is Van Eck, who own just under 10%. Um, and that's where in their GDX and GDXJ, the ETFs. And then our third largest shareholder is Capital Research and Management. And that's, they own about 5% of us and, you know, our kind of long-term shareholder. So those are our kind of top shareholders. And, you know, when you're looking at shares outstanding, we're just under 300 million shares outstanding. Okay, appreciate you breaking that down. And I guess just as we wrap up here, Kim, we always like to look ahead. Investors are sometimes impatient. With royalty companies, they should be patient because <laughs> it's a long-term gain over time. But people are still going to want to know what's happening in 2024 and 2025. What are the key catalysts on the horizon? Great question. So, you know, as I mentioned, we did a billion dollars of acquisitions in 2022 for that Nomad and Basecore package. And so really right now we had drawn on some debt for that. And so the focus and capital allocation is paying down bank debt. And so, you know, the goal is by the end of 2024, we'll get our um, debt levels below 350 million. And then at that time, you know, I think we're going to look at doing some share buyback given where our share price is trading below NAV. So those are kind of, you know, more corporate level updates and, and catalysts. And then, as I mentioned, Greenstone and Platte Reef, first production coming in this year. So we'll hear Greenstone first and then Platte Reef kind of later in the year. So those are big, big catalysts for us. And then, you know, one I didn't talk about as much, but um, we have an option to buy a gold stream on the Mara project, which is owned by Glencore, which we can talk about maybe in our next call. And then I think for Hodmodden, just construction and different milestones over the next year or so will be great for kind of news flow um, with the portfolio. All right. Well, it sounds like a pretty busy year and a lot of growth on tap. And if people want to follow along with the company news, definitely click on the link below this interview. It takes you over to the company website and their news section. And Kim, it was great having you on the KE Report to introduce Sandstorm Gold. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again down the road at other key milestones. So keep us posted on the big news and looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks for having us on, Chad. And you know, if any, anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. We're more than happy to, to chat.